You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. We are kicking off Black History Month strong on this podcast as we are sharing a story with you that I'm so excited to share, a story of of, uh, inspiration and a movement set on campus by the Parker sisters back in the 1940s that set uh, just uh, an impact for generations to come, for especially for African-American students on Purdue's campus. It is my absolute privilege to welcome back into the podcast one of my favorite guests, the director of the Black Cultural Center, Renee Thomas. Renee, welcome back. How are you doing? I am well, and thank you so much. Uh, I'm so excited to have you back on. I love uh, featuring all the things that are going on up at the Black Cultural Center and advancements for African-American students at Purdue. And this story I just got to watch, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, on the on the Parker sisters and uh, just this change that they sparked on campus, the renaming of the dorms, which we'll get into later in the episode. And I was just blown away and just completely moved by uh, the story. And so I'm so excited to feature it on the podcast. And uh, before we jump into that real quick though, just in case we have any new listeners who haven't heard you before, just kind of do a quick uh, reintroduction of yourself. Certainly, I am Renee Thomas. Uh, I have a very long history here at Purdue University. I celebrated my 32nd anniversary this year uh, at Purdue University. And Adam, you may not be aware of it, but uh, back in September, I uh, received a promotion here at Purdue University. I had served as long-term director of the Purdue Black Cultural Center. And then in September, I accepted a, a wonderful opportunity to serve as associate vice provost for diversity and inclusion. And I'm really excited uh, to come into this new role at Purdue and have broader impact. Awesome. Well, appreciate. Thank you for uh, correcting me. That I, pro- I apologize for uh, introducing you incorrectly on your on your title. And congratulations on the promo- promotion. Thank you. That's awesome and well deserved. You're doing such phenomenal things up there on Purdue's campus. So I have a lot of respect for you and what you guys are doing up there at Purdue. Um, I'm going to do as little talking as possible on this episode because I just want you to be able to to share the story smoothly with our our listeners. So I'm going to kind of step aside here and just let you just take us back to the 1940s and when the Parker sisters arrived on campus and just and share their story with our listeners. Certainly. Uh, the Parker sisters, it, it, this is such a remarkable story, and I'm so happy to be able to share it with your listening audience. The Parker sisters uh, were African-Americans from the Indianapolis community, and they enrolled in Purdue in the 1940s. Whenever they enrolled at Purdue, if you know anything about U.S. history and culture, you know that during the 1940s, we were a very segregated society, uh, segregated by race. And even though they were accepted to Purdue University, whenever they applied for housing, their housing application was denied. Back in the 1940s and even up to the 70s, I think it was, uh, oftentimes the housing applications required you to include a photograph on on the housing application and the university was responsible for matching those those, uh, individuals. What the time period, uh, the the, uh, Dean of Students really felt that it would not be a good idea to have blacks living in the residence halls. No one had ever challenged that before. And uh, as a result, there were not African-Americans who lived in the residence halls. Purdue uh, was a very segregated campus as related to uh, residences. And for our Black students, it was interesting in that 
Purdue, not Purdue, but West Lafayette was a sundown town. And what a sundown town means is that once the sun sets, it was known by the black community that it was unsafe to be in the city limits after that time period because of the strong presence of the uh, Ku Klux Klan um, and also the openness of uh, racism that existed. It could be a very unsafe environment. So African-American students who were at Purdue in the 1940s and even prior to the 1940s had to find housing accommodations in the Lafayette community. And if you can imagine, you know, they didn't have access to bus transportation that we have currently on campus. So they oftentimes had to walk um, off the Purdue campus over the Wabash uh, River Bridge and down probably about 18 or 20 blocks to um, 18th Street, was the, which was where the historically black neighborhood was. Many of the families in Lafayette, the African-American families, took in Purdue students because they knew that they could not live on campus. Well, the Parker sisters uh, really felt that they deserved to be on campus. Uh, they were paying tuition just like everyone else was uh, paying tuition. And they recognized that because of the commute back and forth to campus, they were really missing out on a lot of the social activities that were available uh, on campus. And they just had to budget their time very differently. If you can imagine having to you know, travel uh, extended distance back and forth to campus without the appropriate transportation. So their father was uh, a civil rights leader as well, an early civil rights leader. And uh, he wrote uh, to the university, uh, petitioning for the, his daughters to stay in the university residence halls. And uh, that fell upon deaf ears. Uh, so he took it to the governor. Um, I think it was uh, Governor Gate. Hmm. I'm gonna probably call the governor's name wrong, so I won't, <laughs> won't say the governor, but they took it to the governor. Yeah. And, and as a result of that, um, the university changed its position and they did move into the residence halls. So I first became familiar with the Parker sisters story as a result of a documentary that the Black Cultural Center did as part of our 40th anniversary back in 19, or excuse me, 2009. And in that documentary, uh, it not only told the powerful story of the African-American experience at Purdue, which began in the 1890s with the first graduate of Purdue University, African-American graduate in 1890. And it told the story and it uh, continued on to the 1940s. And that's when I first became aware because of the archival research that happened to say that um, these two sisters were the first to integrate the residence halls. That was my first um, exposure to that. And then when we celebrated our 50th anniversary, just a few short years ago, one of the Parker sisters returned to campus and she had celebrity status because everyone immediately recognized her from the Black Purdue video. They were familiar with her story and they just, enveloped her uh, with praise and congratulations and thanks and appreciation for what she did in terms of the integration of the residence halls. So that was two, three, four years ago. And then 
Purdue University through the Equity Task Force. The Equity Task Force was approved by the Board of Trustees about a year and a half ago now. And the Equity Task Force is a special effort that came out of some of the civil unrest um, that our nation was experiencing with the recent death of George Floyd, among many others. And part of the Equity Task Force was to look at how we might make Purdue University a more welcoming and inclusive environment with a particular focus on our Black boilermakers. And at that time when the diverse, uh, excuse me, when the equity task force was launched and open, I thought, man, more people need to know about the Parker sister story. So I wrote to the board of trustees and I said, you know, we might want to consider renaming one of the residence halls in honor of her. And at that time, you know, Purdue was, is still continuing to explode in terms of our enrollment. Uh, so we had a couple new residence halls uh, that were on campus called Third Street East and Third Street West. Uh, and I made the suggestion that perhaps we might want to consider renaming one of those halls in honor of the Parker sisters. Apparently, uh, President Board of Trustees thought that, yes, that's a great idea. Um, and they approved it. And not only did they approve it, but they elected to rename both halls in honor of Frida and her sister, Winifred Parker. Uh, we made connections with the family. Uh, we did a major announcement at one of Board of Trustees meeting in which her family members were present at the Board of Trustees meeting, both virtually and in person. And they did the renaming of the hall. You know, and how can I say this in, in, in Purdue fashion, um, as it relates to we, we love to do things with the giant leap approach. We wanted to do a giant leap um, and we identified homecoming weekend as the weekend in which we would celebrate the renaming of the Parker Hall. And I can share with you, it is that celebration stands out of my mind. And, and as I said earlier, I have a 32 year career here at Purdue University. It stands out in my mind of one of the most impactful and meaningful celebrations that I have been engaged with at Purdue. And I'm gonna be a little bit selfish and say that the grand opening of the Black Cultural Center was my favorite, uh, but this is very, very close behind. Um, it was such an emotional day, such a, a, a high-spirited day, an opportunity for everyone to be proud Boilermakers. I think that the renaming of the halls really created a sense of belonging, a sense of community, and a sense of acknowledgement of the contributions of African-Americans. Yeah, for sure. Talk, talk about what that renaming, you kind of just touched on it right there, but talk about what that renaming means doing, especially moving forward. Obviously, I think as America, we still have a lot of progress to make uh, in this subject, but I feel like this was, a, like you mentioned, a huge impact. What that does, especially for future, current and future African-American students at Purdue, especially I believe this is the first uh, residence hall renamed or named after an African-American as well. That is correct. Yes, this is the first residence hall at Purdue University named after an African-American. I haven't gotten all the research uh, compiled yet, but I believe it is probably the largest facility 
um, in the state of Indiana, named after an African-American in terms of the square footage of the two halls combined. Um, but it really, part of the equity task force goal is to double the enrollment of African-American students. We're currently just above a thousand black students at Purdue. Um, and we want to double that number within the next five years. We know that representation is important. So the fact that we have a residence hall named in honor of African-Americans, we believe uh, will be part of that magnet to draw African-Americans to enroll at Purdue University. It gives a sense of ownership, a sense of place and space uh, for our African-American community, and not just for the African-American community. That's the beauty of this story, and is that it provides, Purdue University is a global institution. And we believe that part of our uh, responsibility is to educate and train um, all of our students in the area of diversity, inclusion, and globalization. And to be able to share the Parker story is just another way in which we can uh, be assured that we are affirming our commitment to diversity and inclusion. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because obviously this is a monumental moment for African-American students and employees on campus like we talked about and what this hopefully does, you know, moving forward to continue that progress, as we said. But yeah, you kind of mentioned, I was going to ask that. This also provides a great learning experience for non-African-American students on campus as well to, to learn and grow from this as well, correct? It is, yes, yes. That's awesome. And, and uh, in that documentary, so anybody who's uh, listening to this episode or watching it on our website below the video interview, I'm going to provide tons of links because I've just got to see so many articles about the Parker sisters that are just incredible that can even go further into depth than we have. And there's, you as, as you mentioned, uh, an incredible 10-minute uh, documentary that Purdue put together that's uh, so visual as well for people and uh, includes some, some interviews with, I believe, the daughter of Winter, uh, Winterfred and uh, son, I believe, of Frida. That's just also to add to the story that's so good. So I'm going to provide links for that uh, below in our web article on fox59.com and cbs4indy.com for people to check out because I just think there's so much more that people can just see, watch, learn, and uh, grow from. But one thing that really stood out to me in that uh, documentary, Renee, was uh, Adrian, the daughter of Winifred, said how this uh, just opened the world for white people as well when this happened with the Parker sisters in the 40s because they had not been integrated with them, especially on the residence halls and how it uh, just, uh, I think she said he used the word demystified, getting to know, uh, getting to know uh, a black women on campus because this is, became their first like real interaction with them and just what that did for both sides uh, in the 40s. Yes, that's, that's the beauty of this story as well, because if you think about it in the 1940s, uh, society was so segregated in that we made assumptions, stereotypes, and we did not develop interracial relationships in any way, shape or form. It was two separate societies. And this, I think humanized the black experience at Purdue for many of the students who uh, lived in the residence hall uh, with the Parker sisters, and not only the Parker sisters, but um, other folks of color. Uh, it really provided a humanizing experience. And I think that even today, uh, you know, here we are in 2022, and some of our students coming to the university have never interacted with the international student prior to enrolling at Purdue University. Yeah. And Purdue, uh, 
because of the international flavor that Purdue has, it provides an opportunity for that, that type of interaction to occur. And I think sometimes we have some stereotypes, we have some myths, we have some misconceptions, and it is uh, the interaction is a wonderful way to break down some of those barriers. Yeah, for sure. The other thing I think Adrian had said too that I thought was really cool soundbite too is like how access leads to appreciation for diversity. I thought that was just really cool. You want to expand on that at all? Yes. Uh, you know, as you think about diversity, I, I think sometimes people um, overall may or may not have an appreciation for it. They think that it's something out there that they really can't wrap their hands around. But whenever uh, you have that access, it's like, okay, now I understand. And, and, and I'm thinking as an example of that appreciation of diversity, uh, whenever you go to a concert, if you're just used to listening to classical music, you think that is the best genre of music that is out there. And then if you have exposure to a diverse repertoire of music, for instance, traditional Negro spirituals or gospel music, you learn about the African-American experience uh, through those, that vocal uh, ensemble, and you gain an appreciation uh, for what it is that is being composed and sung. So, you know, that whole notion of access to diversity really provides a, a greater appreciation. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, such good stuff. Uh, as we're kind of wrapping up here, anything else that you want to add, you know, when it comes to the Parker story or the renaming of the halls or you know, just continued efforts uh, moving forward for the Black community on Purdue's campus. Yeah, I like to add a couple of things. One is that we are still in the process. We renamed it in October um, as part of our homecoming celebration, but we're also doing a major installation in the residence halls as well. So if you are ever on campus, I would encourage you to come over to the Parker Halls. There's going to be a major installation uh, telling their story uh, visually on the walls in Parker Hall. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, we're in the process now of of um, doing that installation. The second thing that I would say is that, you know, it's Black History Month, uh, February, all month long. This is just one of those hidden gems uh, as it relates to the Black experience at Purdue University. There are many, many more stories to tell about the Black experience at Purdue. And I appreciate the fact that I'm able to sit with you today and, and share this one story. Um, but our story doesn't end in 1940 either with the Parker Sisters integration of the residence halls. I mean, even within the last five years, Purdue University is the number one producer of PhD, Black PhDs in chemistry, the number one research one university who produces Black veterinarians. So we are still continuing to have success and make uh, giant leaps here at Purdue for the African-American community. That is so awesome. I love it. I also going to share too, I love uh, where these dorms are at because uh, my wife grew, uh, lived for a couple of years in the 400 houses that are no longer there, which now where the Parker dorms sit. So it's incredibly encouraging while we were uh, sad to see those houses go away, incredibly encouraging to, uh, to see what that space is now being used for. I'm so glad to, to see that and, and hear the story. And a little tidbit about the location. Uh, the residence halls that they integrated was also on that same footprint uh, because it was uh, one of the barracks that was constructed uh, as a result of World War II. So it was physically on that location and it's very close proximity to the Black Cultural Center as well. That's so awesome. Renee, man, I, I'm so grateful uh, for the story and for you taking the time to, to share it with me. Is anything else that you want to add before we wrap up? 
I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for this opportunity to share uh, the Parker story. I want to invite the listening audience, if they're ever on campus, to visit uh, the Parker Hall and, and, and go through the gallery exhibit area that will be uh, installed soon. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you mentioned that because I know sometimes, at least from my experience when I was a student on campus, sometimes residence halls access, you know, as far as where things are, how far you could get without having, you know, a student ID or whatever. What is there for them to access if people walk into one of the Parker Halls there? Yes, you know, because it is a, one of our newest halls on campus, it's a multi-use facility. So the first floor of the Parker Hall, we have Starbucks in there. So it's very much open to the public uh, and meeting rooms. So there are no residents on the first floor area. So it's open to the public and then uh, they have to have access to get to the residence hall area. Awesome. That's really neat. I'm going to be on campus here in a week or two, hopefully. So I'll have to uh, stop by and see it. And of course, you always can have people stop by the uh, Black Cultural Center there at the corner of 3rd and Russell as well, right? That is correct. Yes, we welcome all visitors. Great. Renee, thank you again so much for your time and for sharing the story with our audience. Thank you. Awesome. Take care and boiler up. Hammer down. <laughs> A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, and you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.